You're listening to Coaching for Leaders. This is episode number 58, airing on October 8th, 2012. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching for Leaders. This is the show for leaders who want to improve themselves so they can better engage and develop others. Whether you're a seasoned leader or leading people for the first time, improving your leadership skills will drive your success and most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic, how to stop worrying and start leading. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coaching for Leaders. My name is Dave Stahoviak, and I'm coming to you from our studio out here in Orange County, California, where this week everyone has been sick in our house. So I apologize if my voice sounds a little different than it has in past episodes, but uh, Luke got pretty sick this week kind of for his first real bona fide sickness, whatever you call it, and uh, then proceeded to take us down too, Bonnie and me. So we're just kind of recovering from uh, this sickness. And it's interesting as a parent, you learn a lot along the way from experience. I mean, there's a lot you can do to read books and kind of prepare yourself, but nothing just nothing substitutes for actual experience of having a child who's sick and kind of learning how to read them and learning what symptoms are and talking to doctors and you uh, and and thankfully he's already on the mend and doing much better but you, you just you just there's no substitute for actually being there and doing it doesn't matter how much you know and how many books you've read and you know I think about that because leadership is so much like that there's a lot you can do to be a more effective leader there's a lot of books you can read you can study it you can listen to podcasts like this and those are great those are wonderful resources to help you to be more effective and it doesn't go all the way to getting you to being good at those skills until you actually do it. And it's one of the reasons I always say at the end of the show, choose something that you learned in this show to go out and apply and to try to utilize because that'll help you to be more effective. I know it's helped me to be more effective over the years. And I say that because today's topic, how to stop worrying and start leading, I have become much more effective over the years of uh, not leading through fear and worry through experience. And let me tell you, I used to be a scaredy cat. Oh, I used to be a scaredy cat when I was leading people for the first time. In fact, one of my very early management experiences, I may have mentioned this on the show before, I had someone I heard about secondhand in the organization I was managing had uh, said to someone that they just didn't think I could ever give anyone real consistent feedback and that I really needed to grow a spine. And I heard this secondhand and I was just you know, frustrated with that. And I was, it was really hurt mostly because he was right. I had a hard time giving people feedback. I was, you know, kind of one of those fair weather leaders for a while. I liked uh, talking to people and having conversation when things were good, but you know, I really led when I began my career, I led through being worried and being fearful. And I've learned over the years through experience and the hard way and through wonderful coaching and mentoring from others that, There's a lot of things that we can do as leaders that will help us for those of us who find ourselves uh, kind of in that place of fear or worry or maybe not feeling real confident in our leadership skills, particularly when it comes to giving feedback and coaching to others uh, when things aren't going so well. Boy, that's 
that's that's a hard place to be. And I think a lot of leaders struggle with that. And so today, I'm going to share with you six things that I've done that have helped me to lead with a lot more confidence and particularly in tough situations to be able to connect well with people. And I think that if you choose one of these six things to try out, it will help uh, you to become more effective in your leadership skills too. You know, uh, one of the things that I found over the years that has really been helpful to me in being able to reduce my fear level is being able to set expectations early with people. And in fact, that's my very first recommendation here. You know, um, I always have a hard time giving people feedback on something to them that was never made clear up front. So either I realize that I should have set an expectation as a leader, or in some cases, I've inherited leadership situations where uh, someone was being led by someone else. And it just was never clear what was supposed to happen or the standards or the behaviors that were supposed to happen in that organization. And uh, I discovered really quickly that that was a really hard situation for me. So I've learned over the years that while I can't anticipate every situation, that there are some ground rules and standards that as a leader, we all need to set up front and we need to set those expectations with followers. And if we haven't, we should, and we should create them. And if they aren't clear, we should make them as clear as we possibly can. And the earlier you do it as a leader, the easier this is. And I know I've struggled with times where I haven't made expectations clear early. And then I've spent a lot of time trying to clean things up on the back end. And and although there's been times that certainly this hasn't worked, there's a you know been many times that I think I have done this effectively as well too. And one situation that comes to mind was from years ago I was managing a team of people who worked at a university and it was sort of an interesting situation. It was um, a whole group of people that I was managing and we were kind of all working together on a large program. And it had been apparently the tradition of this particular organization that uh, over the years of all the employees would get together at some point during this uh, this large project uh, annually, and they would have a big party, and there was alcohol involved, and it was on university property, and that uh, people who were uh, underage drinkers were actually invited, or underage uh, minors were invited to attend the party as well, uh, being a university campus. And this had been going on for years and years and years and years. And so when I assumed the leadership role of this particular group, uh, I had I actually was not aware of this tradition. And so I got an invitation to this event. And the I remember getting the invitation and thinking to myself, this is so black and white. <laughs> like this is not one of those gray zones at all as a leader. This is so clearly wrong. Uh, this is so in violation of every policy of the organization of the university we were we were working for and and I was the most senior person that knew about it and so if I didn't stop it nobody would and it would continue to go on as the tradition had apparently been going on for years and years and so I uh, I took action immediately that day as soon as I got the invitation I invited the uh, two people who had sent the invitation to come talk to me uh, we had a very frank conversation. Uh, I said, you know, I got some information about what had happened in the past, what this tradition was about. And as soon as I kind of put all the pieces together, I made a very, very fast decision and said, uh, this is not something that's going to happen. If it does happen, I'm going to turn in everybody who 
violates these rules and these regulations because it is not something that can happen on university property. It's not something that can be part of how we do business and and certainly can't be, you know, we can't have people who are underage minors being involved in this either. And, uh, and I'll tell you, it was shocking for the people who were sitting down with me that I gave that kind of feedback because they had assumed, like apparently had been done in the past, that every leader before would just go along with this. And I didn't. And uh, and let me tell you, I had a peer who was in a, the same leadership role I was, and uh, she came to me shortly afterwards and said, uh, these people will all hate you. They will not respect you. You will never get anything done through the rest of this project. Uh, people won't do work for you going forward. You will never be able to lead again in this organization if you do this. And and I was shocked. <laughs> I was just shocked that one of my colleagues was was telling me I just had to go along with this. And of course, ultimately, I didn't. And the and the event did not happen. And um, I had, I gave strong enough feedback and told enough people about it that I convinced them that they couldn't do this event. And uh, you know what? It, no big deal at the end of the day. Uh, in fact, uh, not only did people not have a problem with it at the end of the day and uh, not <laughs> disrespect me, but uh, actually I ended up having better relationships with people than I probably would have if I hadn't put my foot down. And so I say that uh, all that story to share that expectations have to come early and have to come quickly, uh, particularly when there's a situation when something's very black and white about what is and what is not allowed in an organization, what kind of behaviors are allowed. And by setting expectations early, I was able to uh, stop that situation from happening. I was able to prevent a lot of liability from our organization. And I, I hope, I don't know, because it's now been years and years since uh, I've worked in that organization, but I hope that put an end to a tradition that was not a positive tradition for that organization. And so as leaders, we have to set expectations early. If we don't, we are at the risk of sort of letting the organization and the people who we are leading uh, you know, decide on their own what exactly they're going to do. And it's wonderful to empower people, but as leaders, we do have to also set the we have to set the boundaries for where people can uh, where people can go what kind of work they can do what expectations we expect and of course the ethics and the regulations of our organizations too now the second piece of advice i have here is be willing to change directions you know the first uh, situation i mentioned here was really cut and dry for me it was a very easy decision as a leader to to make that decision but you know not always is that the case uh, in leadership in fact most of the time that's not the case. Most of the time, the decisions are difficult decisions and they're gray zones. And it's not always clear what the best decision is. And I'll tell you, I have made bad calls on many occasions. And I'm sure everyone listening to this show has made bad calls in leadership situations. And so I, the tough thing I've had as a leader, and I used to struggle with a lot, and I still struggle with on occasion, is that I used to believe that if I missed an opportunity to give someone feedback or I had made a decision one way, that I had lost my chance. Uh, so I'd essentially, um, you know, if I've let something go once, I had let it go forever, and I basically uh, just made a permanent decision. And I was very fortunate early in my career where a mentor uh, did some coaching with me and gave me some great advice. And when I had addressed a situation I was handling and said, you know, no leader is perfect. You can always acknowledge to someone that's following you 
that something has been okay up until now, but that now you're making a different decision going forward. And that was really a freeing, a freeing thing for me because I always felt that if I hadn't addressed something right away or if I'd made a bad call as a leader, that I was basically stuck with that. And it, I have used this many times when I realized that I had just given tacit approval to something that I later wanted changed or I missed an opportunity to give someone feedback. Um, I've said to people, you know, I realize that I didn't say anything about this previously, or I realized that I said something was okay before, or maybe I just didn't get feedback and that it's been okay up till now and I've allowed it to happen. But now I need to make a different decision. And here's the decision I'm making going forward. So let's not worry about the past, but here's what the expectation is going to be going forward. And I found that that language is really helpful because it acknowledges that um, that a different decision is being made. And it also acknowledges that the person could not have done anything different in the past because they didn't know anything different. So uh, my challenge to you would be willing to change directions. Uh, we all make bad calls. I, I know I make bad calls as a leader on a weekly basis. There are things that I mess up on. Thankfully, most of the time, it's not huge situations, but there are times we're going to need to make to change directions. And what I would challenge you to do is have the courage to do that. So if you've made a bad call as a leader, um, it's not if you're going to make a bad call, it's when and how often. So it's what you do when you have that happen. So if you're willing to change directions, that is something that is going to be helpful to you. And I think this language is something that will be helpful to you. I know it was helpful to me. Number three, to become more effective at not leading through worry and fear is ask trusted colleagues for feedback. You know, we all have blind spots. And I've discovered over the years that if I proactively ask for advice from someone that I trust, I often will get ideas and feedback and, and, uh, and suggestions on things that I would not have uh, recognized myself. And I found that I, when I've proactively done this, I get better even faster and that my colleagues and my peers and mentors have been more honest with me too because they know that I've been willing to seek feedback. And then it gets easier to hear tough stuff too. It is so much easier to hear tough feedback as a leader if you go out and ask for it versus if people are talking about you behind their back and talking about you in other venues. Um, you know, People are going to say things about you that they don't like. That is just leadership. That is that is reality. Uh, either you're gonna they're gonna have that conversation with you, or they're gonna have that conversation with someone else. I'd much rather they had that conversation with me. So the more that I go out and proactively seek feedback, I think the better for me and the better for the organization. And I had a colleague uh, a, a few years back. I'm just thinking who who did this fantastically well. In fact, he's a, a great mentor for me in this way. Um, he, I was in a leadership role. He was actually in a um, in a following capacity on this particular project we were working on, and he would come up to me uh, almost daily, certainly weekly, and say, "Hey, I, you know, I just want you to know that if at any time, if you feel like I'm not doing something, I could do something more effectively for the customer. If I could, um, you know, if I could uh, get feedback from you, I would really appreciate that. I, I want, I need to hear feedback." It helps me to grow. It helps me to be more effective. And he would regularly mention that in meetings. And so, um, sure enough, you know, I had a situation come up with this particular individual where someone asked uh, or gave feedback uh, that was going to be really helpful to this person. And it was from a customer, and it was, uh, you know, it was feedback that I knew if this person got, although it was going to be very difficult feedback for them to hear, I knew would help them to be better. And because they had proactively, this person had proactively sought feedback. 
it was a lot easier to have that conversation when I ultimately did give that feedback to that person and it helped them to grow. And so one of the suggestions I'd have for all of us as leaders is to create an environment where you're regularly asking your peers, your colleagues for feedback, and even the people that are 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 following you not that they have carte blanche to be able to tell you whatever <laughs> give you feedback anytime at all uh, and and kind of you know set the tone for the organization but that you have regular ways that people can give you feedback whether in a one-on-one meeting whether it's through some sort of formal 360 or assessment or just through personal conversation if you set that expectation and you are willing to take feedback and then act on it you set a environment in your organization where people are going to have those conversations with you rather than talking about you behind your back. Uh, the fourth piece of advice I have is, uh, especially for those of us who've uh, you know tended to struggle with confidence and being able to lead without worry, is to set a rule for yourself to respond to any tough situations within 24 hours. You know, I used to make the mistake that if I took time to think about something, that that was wisdom. And uh, while it is wise to not always react in the moment, it is not wise to avoid tough situations. And I will tell you, I have uh, had this happen to me where um, when I have let things fester and, I, and, and I've told myself that, uh, and, and here's the, I think the fallacy that a lot of us as leaders tell ourselves is like, well, I'm, I need time to think about this and really process this. And the reality is, is we're trying to avoid the situation. I know that's happened for me in the past. And so uh, my, my advice, handle stuff in less than 24 hours. The tougher the situation, the faster you should handle it. If you can do it in less than 24 hours, even better. I know I had a situation with a customer very, very early in my career. This is probably 10, 15 years ago where I was, uh, it was a tough situation with a customer. We had gotten some tough feedback and I sort of, uh, I think I sat on it for a couple of days and tried to figure out, you know, what's the best way to respond to this. And in the meantime, the customer started complaining to other customers because they weren't getting a proactive response from us. And all of a sudden our other customers were asking us about this situation because, you know, we had a the type of organization we had our customers interacted with each other on a regular basis. And the situation ended up being much more complicated than it needed to be. Once I finally did handle the situation and proactively, not proactively, but reactively handled things, all of a sudden there were more people involved and it was much more complicated. And so handle things quickly uh, if you can. Again, not uh, not in a way that is going to mean that you're reacting and just kind of doing the first thing that comes to the top of your head. I love the advice in tough situations of to be able to sleep on it. That's why I think 24 hours is a really good standard for many of us to shoot for in leadership roles. But um, but the, the more that we can handle things quickly and proactively, we keep things from really becoming problems. And I love the wisdom of Zig Ziglar who said, if you need to eat a frog, you don't want to look at that sucker too long he ain't going to get any prettier. So uh, do the most unpleasant thing of your day first too. I mean, ha- handle stuff when you come in. If you've got bad news to give to someone or you have to handle a tough situation with a customer or a colleague, do that first thing in the day. If you've taken the night to sleep on it, don't let that 
you know, be something you're stewing about all day long. Okay, fifth thing, earn trust by being a good finder. I discovered really early in my career that I was less fearful in handling tough situations when I had trust with people. And that may not seem like a big discovery, but you know, it's something that, again, that practical experience, you learn this. Um, and so what I started to do in, in leadership capacities and one of my first leadership roles is I started to be a good finder with everyone I managed. And so what I would do is I would go and I would spend time each day finding good stuff that people were doing, and then I'd tell them about it. And sometimes I'd point it out publicly in staff meetings. And so I'd literally go around and, and go around to people's workplaces and kind of observe what people were doing, or I'd observe emails that were being sent or you know, customer interactions. And I would just, I, I would sometimes sit down with someone or I'd pull them into a, a meeting room and I'd say, hey, I just wanted to point out some things you're doing really well and some great examples of that. And, you know, people didn't really know how to respond to that at first. I mean, I would literally had times where I'd pull someone into a room and uh, they'd sort of like, be just shocked. Like, okay, well, what, what's the bad thing? <laughs> and I'd say, there's no bad thing. I just wanted to point out some things you're doing well. And, uh, and so it took some time for people to kind of realize that I was doing that genuinely. Now, here's the thing is you have to do it genuinely if you're only doing that to, um, to give someone negative feedback an hour later, then that's not going to be effective. But because I did it genuinely and I did it over time and I did it consistently over weeks and months and years, um, I got much better responses from people when I did have to give tough feedback because they knew I, I wasn't out to get them and th- that we had trust in our relationship to the point that it was much easier to tell someone when something wasn't working well. And then finally, my sixth piece of advice for those of us who want to stop worrying and start leading is listen to some daily inspiration. You know, we all have the power to influence our moods and inspiration can silence any fear, I think. Uh, well, I shouldn't say any fear, but most fear. And these days, I love to listen to podcasts. You know that if you've listened to the show. So one that I always listen to that gives me a boost is Michael Hyatt's show, which is called This Is Your Life. It's a great show. Um, I also listen to positive audiobooks. I'm always learning if I'm in the car or I'm driving or I'm exercising. I know people who listen to speeches of people that they admire, um, training programs on audio tapes and cars and workouts. My uh, the church body and I used to go to actually did all their sermons on podcast. And so we, we could download the podcast each week and listen to the sermons. Those are great too for inspiration. Whatever you do, find something each day that is going to put some daily inspiration into your life. Because if you do, that sets the tone for how you're approaching the world, how you're interacting with people. And do it early too. Just like if you have to handle a tough situation early in the day, also put your inspiration at the beginning of the day. Because if you can do that, it will help you to really handle and respond to the day in a proactive way and in a positive way. So I hope one of these six things has been helpful to you. Um, Like always, choose one. Choose one of these that you can implement and utilize. And I'd love to hear feedback on what you've tried uh, with this or maybe a new idea you've gained from this and what has worked for you. And the best way to share feedback with me and our listening community is to go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash 58. This is episode number 58. 
It'll take you right to the show and the notes for this show. So again, coachingforleaders.com forward slash 58. And you can leave a comment at the very bottom of the page there. I'm also putting a link at that uh, at that page to an article that I wrote earlier this week, which actually has 10 ways to become more effective in reducing your fear. And so if that is something that would be helpful to you and you were actually looking for more ideas around this, I would encourage you to check out that article. So I will be putting a link to that in the show notes. And the link to that article, by the way, is get rid of your scaredy cat once and for all. And there's a little cat on there. So it's all adorable and cute. So anyway, that's where you can find it. That'll be on the show notes. Of course, you can always call in feedback as well on our listener hotline. That's 949-38-LEARN. And email, also a good way to connect with me if you want to send a private message, feedback at coachingforleaders.com. I have two special announcements this week. The first announcement is that we are going to be doing a contest. Well, sort of a contest. There's actually not going to be a prize. So, well, there's sort of a prize. I had a prize picked out, but Bonnie said the prize was not that great. So I decided to dump the prize. But hey, we are going to be doing a contest. And the contest is going to be called a Great Leader Story Contest. And here's what we're doing. You may remember last week in episode 57, I mentioned that one of the things that I'm always trying to do is to get more and more engagement from our listening audience. And one of our listeners, Duke Whitman, had emailed me a couple weeks ago and said, hey, wouldn't it be great if you got stories from the listening audience together about great leaders that they have had in their lives and what they've done and have people tell stories and share great stories and to put together an episode and do that. And I thought that was a great idea. And it got me to thinking about the question I try to ask every person who comes as a guest on the show at the end of their interview is who's someone who's been a great leader to you. And that's mentored or coached you and helped you to lead and develop others. And so I would love to hear your story. And so what we're going to do on episode number 62, which is going to air on Monday, November 4th or November 5th. Hang on a second. Let me see what day it actually is. Uh, Actually, I think it's Monday, November 5th. Yes, it is. Monday, November 5th. We are going to air episode number 62. And what that episode's going to be is Bonnie and I are going to get together and we are just going to share stories from the listening community. And we're going to share as many stories as we can. And Bonnie's going to be in charge of uh, filtering through all the stories that come in and being our our, uh, story uh, judge, for lack of a better term. And what we'd like you to do is to hop on the line and to send us a story of a time that someone has been a great leader to you. We would love to know about what they did to be a great leader to you in a situation. And so there's three guidelines for submitting a story to us. So the first of these three guidelines is it has to be a real story based on a specific incident. So I say that because you may have a great story of how someone was a wonderful leader to you over 10, 15, 20 years. And if you do, that's great. Uh, You know, that's a wonderful thing to do for people is to lead them over time. And so if you have that type of a story, choose one particular incident or situation, a time that that leader did something for you in a specific moment of time or specific day or specific action that person took. Because we'd like to hear that very specific incident, what that person actually did. And and any type of story or incident you have of anyone who's led you or mentored you or coached you, we'd love to hear that exact 
incident. Now, the second guideline is that you do need to submit the story in audio format. The reason for that is um, it's going to be a lot more interesting for you, the listening audience, to hear stories that are being told by the people who've experienced them rather than me reading the story. And so there's two ways that you can submit a story to us. One is you can call to our listener feedback hotline and leave your story on our hotline, and we will then be able to take it and import it into the show. And the number again for that is 949-38-LEARN, the same number I mention every week. So you can leave the message there. The other way is you can actually just leave a story right from your computer. And particularly if you you know want to give a couple takes to it, you're welcome to do that. Uh, just go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash speak. So again, that's coachingforleaders.com forward slash the word speak. That'll take you to a website where you can actually record right on your computer. Most laptops and desktop these desktops these days have microphones built right into them. You can literally record just talking to your computer, and then you can review what you've recorded, and you can hit submit, and it'll come right to us in an audio file. And the audio quality is even better than that by phone. But either way, whichever works out best for you. And then the final guideline is to tell us your story in two minutes or less. So, and that reason for that is uh, we want to make sure to be able to feature as many stories as possible. So a real incident submitted to us in audio format. Again, the two ways to do that by phone 949-38-LEARN or coachingforleaders.com forward slash speak. And that will get the story to us. And that way we'll be able to consider your story. Again, remember two minutes or less. And we can hopefully include it as part of episode number 62 on November, what day did I just say? November 5th. Monday, November 5th is episode 62. Now, here's the thing. We need a few days to review those. So the deadline for submitting your story is Thursday, November 1st. So that's an easy one to remember. Thursday, November 1st, get those stories in. You can start submitting them right away. Uh, boy, we just love to hear your stories. And we can't wait to feature as many stories about great leaders as you can muster. And I know that's going to be a wonderful episode for all of us to benefit from going into the month of November. And then there's one other request I have of you as our listening audience uh, this coming week is uh, you uh, may or may not know that the podcasting world does some recognition and doing podcasting awards of uh, good shows out there. And they are doing their annual podcast awards, People's Choice Awards, coming up here in the next week. And the folks who run this are accepting nominations for top podcasts out there on the internet. And I would be tremendously honored if you have been listening to the show and it has been a show that's been beneficial to you in some way, if you would take about two minutes to nominate the show. And the way you can do that is just go to podcastawards.com. So again, that's podcastawards.com. And when you get to that page, you're going to see a ballot that's there. And I would ask if you would sub, if you would nominate the show under the business category, You'll see a number of different categories there. You can nominate other shows you listen to, too. And in fact, I encourage you to do that and help recognize other shows who are doing great work in podcasting and giving you great tools and resources each week that you listen to. But nominate us under the business category and just type in the name of the show, Coaching for Leaders, and then you just type in our web address, coachingforleaders.com, and you just scroll down the bottom, put in your name and email, hit submit, 
and that will nominate us for an award. And it actually doesn't take all that many people for us to get nominated for one of the awards. And I, in a million years, I don't expect that our show would win an award. However, it is possible we could get nominated. And the reason that that's an important thing, not only for us, but more importantly for you, our listening audience, is uh, it gives the show some recognition. Uh, but more importantly, the more folks that hear about the show, the more recognition the show receives uh, from people who have really benefited from it. The more people find the show, the bigger our audience becomes and the more resources, time, effort, and um, and interviews that we can uh, be able to solicit and bring to you. And so I think it's a win-win all around. So if you are willing to do that, I would be grateful. Again, podcastawards.com. And hey, if you do decide to do that, please drop me an email at feedback at coachingforleaders.com. Let me know that you did nominate us. I would really like to thank you personally and uh, appreciate you for being a part of our community and for contributing to the success of the show. Now, one thing to know if you do decide to nominate this show is that the nominations for the podcast awards do close at midnight on Monday, October 15th this year, 2012. So get in your nomination within the next week. And finally, this week, thank you to Robert Dutt, Tiago Andrade, Maria Haley, Will Duggan, Zachary Garza, Danae Valdez, and Paloma Quezada. Thank you for liking our page on, page on Facebook. You can go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash Facebook. And also a special thanks to Mary, Zachary, and Francis, who are on our Facebook page this week, giving me ideas on future show topics that they'd like to see me cover. And I'm actually going to be taking ideas from all three of them for the coming two months. So if you have suggestions for me, hop onto the Facebook page as well, or just send me an email, feedback at coachingforleaders.com. Hey, a reminder, the link for the show notes, as well as all the links I've just mentioned about the story and the podcasting nominations are at coachingforleaders.com forward slash 58. We air every Monday. And hey, wherever you are in the world, whatever's on your agenda today, take one idea from this show to engage and develop someone you lead. Have a great week, everybody.